Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today is a big old Saturday. Man, oh man, we had two NBA playoff games on last night. And man, oh man, one team took care of business and the other one forced the game seven. So, we'll break down both of those absolutely great performances last night. We got game seven on tonight, folks. Bucks, Nets in Brooklyn. Oh my gosh, what are we doing that game? What the heck's the spread? What what is that spread gonna be? I, I probably I'm gonna guess right off the rip. I'm gonna probably say uh, Nets plus two and a half at home. Maybe it's gonna be real close, and we don't even know. I mean, Nets won all three of their home games. Bucks won all three of their home games. What do we do? Bucks can't seem to win on the road here. So we'll preview that game, break it down. We'll do the money maker for that. And then we are continuing on judging and critiquing and giving credit to Aaron Rodgers if he deserves it in every one of his playoff games. And we're continuing on today with the divisional playoff game in 2012 against the 49ers and Colin Kaepernick. The Packers lost it. They're coming off the wild card win against the Vikings with Joe Webb. So once again, you know, Aaron Rodgers coming up a little small. We'll decide if it's his fault or not and give him credit for that playoff game out of 100 credit points. So, we've got all that today on the show, so let's just jump right into it with the stories of the day. In the first one, man, oh man, am I glad to hear this. I'm loving this. So, here we go. ESPN and Fox are in a bidding war for RG3. Yes, sir. As a uh, broadcast booth analysis, uh, both networks were, quote, blown away, blown away by Griffin's broadcast booth audition. The two sides have developed offers to make him an NFL or college football analyst if he does retire. So, he's got to choose between ESPN and Fox. And Please do not go to ESPN. Do not go to ESPN. It's trash. I'm sorry. Fox is so much better. CBS is so much better. Tony Romo, if he was on ESPN, it would not be as good. I mean, you're getting Monday night football games. I mean, you, you got to go, and this is no disrespect, but you got to work with Booger McFarlane. I mean, folks, come on. He's not that great. You know, he was on he was on the cart on Monday Night Football, and then they brought him into the booth, and then now he doesn't even do the games anymore. He's like the, uh, the halftime report. So, please, RG3, please go to Fox. You will like it a lot more. Colin Coward. You can go to Colin Coward. You can go to Michael Strahan. I mean, they've got the best. Terry Bradshaw, that, that pregame is so much better than whatever ESPN spews out on their television network. So, RG3, if you're listening out there, Go to Fox. Maybe they're not offering offering you as much money, but you'll be way happier. And you get college football games there too. ESPN has college football games, but so does Fox. And I'm going to say it, Fox is better. Fox is just a better sports network. They've got all the better talent. So RG3, think about this long and hard, but please go with Fox. 
So that's the first thing we have to take care of business. Choose Fox over ESPN a thousand percent. I I I can't stand. I I mute. I mute ESPN whenever I have to watch it. It's unfortunate, but I, I'm muting it. I'll just watch it. I'll 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 talk it through myself. I've got no problem doing that. I mute ESPN Fox. I'm turning that shit up. Yes, sir. Uh, they got the Thursday night football. Fantastic. So, um, and Sunday night football. Uh, do they got what? What is Thursday night? Thursday nights on Fox. No. I can't even, it's been so long, folks. We cannot wait for the NFL season to start back up. We got to get right back in that routine. But uh, yeah, RG3, choose Fox over ESPN. Now, the other thing on this is if he does decide to retire. So he's not retired yet. But once again, I don't want to say this. I have to say this, RG3. You got to retire. It's done. You're done. It's over. And it's nothing on you. It's just your body can't keep up with you. It's unfortunate. It's one of the most unfortunate things I may have ever seen in football being too too fast for your own good and I say that because we just saw that this season folks this man is too fast for his own good he's still fast he still has that kind of elite speed I'd put him in that category of Tyreek uh not Tyreek Hill uh Patrick Mahomes Lamar Jackson Kyler Murray, Taysom Hill, I put him into that category. We just saw him last season, folks, so let's bring this up. Here we go. Week 12. Week 12 against the Steelers here, and this is what we're talking about. We're going to see the speed right here on this play. This man still has the speed. Now, up until this point of the game, it wasn't looking that great. He threw a pick six. He fumbled a kind of, you know, a handoff exchange to the running back. Not the greatest, but the speed is still kind of elite status, and we get to see it on this play right here. And then we'll also see that he's too fast for his own good. So let's watch the good play right here. RG3 still has the speed. Here we go. Third and 11, kind of a fake read option. And there he goes right up the middle. And look at him get between those two defenders converging at the last moment. Going for, what do we got, a 30-yard pickup. But look at this speed, folks, right up the middle, attacking the heart of the defense. You see number 34 having to kind of dive at his ankles to try to make the tackle. Here we go. Let's put it in slow motion. Oh, we missed it anyway. But let's, uh, I mean, just watch the speed, folks. He's got these defenders turned around and not, not wanting to kind of overcommit because they know if they make one wrong move, he's to the house. Great blocking up front, absolutely. But here's 34 coming in, diving at him, diving. Doesn't even, maybe touches his hip a little bit. And then he's trying to go outside. This safety plays it absolutely fantastic right there. Kind of trapping him. RG3 tries to go back inside. But folks, I mean, that's 25, 30, 35 yards right there. Absolutely magnificent speed. But he's just too fast for his own good. So, uh, And we just get this two other plays later. So we can go fast forward here. Great speed right there. They uh, What do they do? Uh, handoff on the next play. Let's see. Here we go. On the following play. Yeah, they just hand it off. Alrighty. But then we get the injury right here to RG3. And this is why his his career is unfortunately done. He's too fast for his own good. He's running out of his hamstrings, folks. It's unfortunate. But we're going to see it on this play right here. RG3 is going to take the ball, run it again. I mean, why wouldn't you? You just gouged him. Uh, last play, absolutely go and gouge him again. So here we go. RG3. This is going to be a desi designed run off the right side. Here we go, second and five. Uh, they take a timeout. Ugh, a flag, even worse. All right, here we go. Steelers had 12 men on the field. Now we go second and one, even closer to the end zone. So RG3 is like, oh, yeah, I'm running this in for the touchdown, baby. I just ran 25 yards the last play. I just got to run 27 this time. Yes, sir. Here we go, RG3. 
direct quarterback keeper. And look at this. Look at this. Comes up hobbling, folks. He's too fast for his own good. And that was it. That was He was still out there throwing the ball. It wasn't still looking that great. He ended up getting benched later in the fourth quarter. But he never ran again in this ball game. Coming up limping. He knows he can't take off anymore, man. Too fast for his own good. And it's so, so frustrating. I'm frustrated. I know he's got to be hella frustrated. If I'm frustrated watching it. Uh, but, I mean, he's got he still had the speed. And that's what's so unfortunate about Robert Griffin III here. He's still kind of an elite running talent. Not the greatest passer. But, I mean, you know, you're not getting those reps. You're not getting that work. So, you're going to be still a little bit iffy throwing the ball. But the running ability was still there. It's just he's too fast for his own good now. His legs, his body cannot keep up with his speed. So RG3, you got to just hang it up. It's nothing on your talent. It's just your body. It's unfortunate, man. But you got to hang it up. There's just no more. And especially do it at the right time, man. You're you're getting a bidding war for you. You're getting a bidding war. You're not going to play starting quarterback in this league. It's unfortunate. Like I said, I'm not. This is not an RG3 knock rant here, folks. This is truly. This is praising that he's still able to get it done after all the injuries, after all the surgeries, after all the comeback, after all the work still put into try to try to give it a go at one point he was still able to make it work so I give a, a million percent credit and respect to RG3 but you truly have to hang it up right now truly unfortunate you, you got a bidding war choose Fox over ESPN go get that money yes sir be the next Tony Romo I heard um I don't think uh the the tweets in this thread I think somebody else quote tweeted this. Um, I can't remember the actual person, but, you know, a, a respected person, an ex-player or somebody already in broadcasting. And they were ranting and raving about RG3 saying that he's the next Tony Romo. And we're big on Tony Romo. We love, I turn, like I said, I, I mute ESPN. I turn max volume up on CBS, folks. Give me all the Tony Romo content. And if RG3 is, is half as good, is as good as Tony Romo, Oh boy, I am turning Fox all the way up, folks. Fox, CBS, they both got, you know, 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games. I mean, I'm switching back and forth between RG3 and Tony Romo. I'm loving it. It's the perfect Sunday. I'm just enjoying, relaxing, and I get to hear Robert, and I get to hear Tony. Robert in the right ear, Tony in the left, and that's all I need. That's all I need. Give me Robert and Tony. Oh, my God. Could you imagine them doing a game together? I, I Well, I can't because I've never heard RG3 do it yet, but I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be absolutely magnificent. Now, unfortunately, Tony Romo is on CBS, but RG3, be that Fox Tony Romo. Go get that money, King. Yes, sir. So... We'll see what RG3 does. Uh, you know, if I had to decide his life, I'm ta I'm retiring right now, and I'm going to Fox. So hopefully he makes the right decisions out here. Hopefully he makes the right decision, whatever's for him. But uh, it's not ESPN. I can guarantee you that. It will never be ESPN. Do not get tricked. And ESPN can't even keep their – they had to fire Kenny Main, and he's been there forever. Like, they've got no money over there at ESPN. What are you doing? Don't – do not go there. Fox, they're making the money. They're making the money over there. ESPN is – struggling to make money rg3 please do not go to espn please but we'll see what he does <clears throat>
Alrighty, next story up. Here we go. We got another look at Trey Lance out here. And man, oh man, every time we see this, man, we're kind of buying him a little bit more. Now, this is obviously, you know, after practice. You know, he's just in shorts, topless out here. And once again, you know, no pads, no defense, no rush, no anything. But, I mean, just look at this bomb. Look at this bomb. Can't count the yards on it. We'll, uh, we'll say 40, 45. Solid. Real solid. And, I mean, he makes it look effortless out here. I mean, just look at it. Just look at it. Pure effortless out here by Trey Lance. So, uh, he's looking great. Uh, his teammates are really loving him. We heard, you know, uh, George Kittle gushing over Trey Lance the other day. We were talking about it. It's just, uh, can he beat out Jimmy Garoppolo for the starting job? Or does he just earn it because Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured? That's going to be kind of the story to watch through as training camps come up next month and as we get into the preseason and getting closer to that week one status. So Trey Lance out here, we didn't give him a lot of credit. Where do we have him on our big board? We had uh, Trey Lance. We had him last. We were a little harsh on Trey Lance. You know, he wasn't in. Uh, you know, he wasn't in uh, the NCAA. Um, or yeah, he wasn't. Uh, he was in the uh, FCS, not the FBS. So we were a little hard on Trey Lance, you know, throwing to the tight ends and all of his touchdowns really coming in the red zone. And, um, you know, he played one game in 2020 and it was a real abysmal game. It was like 50% completion and he threw finally an interception, didn't throw an interception in 2019, but then he only played one game in 2020 because the season got canceled because of COVID and he threw a 50% completion percentage and threw the interception. So we were a little, you know, bad taste in our mouth after that performance. So we did judge him pretty harshly over here and we do have him last but everything that we've been seeing after he's been drafted all what his teammates are saying what he's kind of looking like in those uh, mini camps that have already come and passed and now we get this video we're slowly starting to kind of buy Trey Lance up a little bit so we'll see if he can still kind of continue to impress us still see if we can kind of still buy him a little bit more before the season starts before he gets officially named the starter at any point this season. But, uh, yeah, we're kind of buying him a lot more now. He's looking real solid, folks. So we'll see how he transitions to the NFL, see if he can make it work, and hopefully we can see him in some preseason games, only three preseason games this season. So hopefully a little bit more urgency in those games, a lot of these kind of backups playing heavier minutes. So we'll see what he's looking like and if he can translate. But so far, we're loving everything we're seeing about this man. Alrighty, let's head over to the Jets now and uh, talking about another rookie quarterback here. Jets offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur, quote, we've thrown a lot at rookie quarterback Zach Wilson this offseason. Alrighty, that's great. I mean, that's exactly what you want from your rookie quarterback. Giving them all the reps, giving them all, every opportunity. You're you're the guy, 100%. There's, you know, sorry for everybody else out here trying to uh, battle for the quarterback uh, spot, but you're not getting it. You're not getting it. We just drafted this man this is our future he will get the reps he will be the week one starter even if he's trash we do not care we're getting him the experience out here that's kind of like some of these other teams where the Jaguars aren't kind of giving it straight up to Trevor Lawrence. We really think that's going to hurt them in the long run because, you know, we get rookie quarterbacks like Zach Wilson. They're throwing everything and the kitchen sink at this man. So let's see what uh, Mike LaFleur is saying in this article. Any good quotes? And let's see exactly what they're throwing at Zach Wilson here. All right, so here we go. Becoming an NFL quarterback isn't as simple as being drafted and putting on a helmet. Zach Wilson has learned this valuable lesson in his few, first few weeks 
of work as a New York Jet. It's not an easy task, of course, but Wilson isn't shying away from the challenge. He's also not keeping the difficulty of it hidden. Quote, quote by Zach Wilson, it's hard to say exactly how you did. Personally, in my eyes, I feel I can improve every single day. I feel like I'm learning something every single day. Even on the good days, it's still frustrating, and it's just because it's like a foreign language. Every single day, it's the same plays, but you're getting different reps, different looks at it, different defensive coverage, whatever it is, and that's exactly what we're talking about. We just heard from... Um, uh, the Packers back up now, potentially the starter, since Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be there anymore. Um, blanking on his name. Jeez. What the heck is this man's name? Give me a second. Jordan Love, obviously, how could we how how could we forget? But uh, we just heard from Jordan Love. We read an article about him last week. You know, he was saying, you know, he wants to put good days on top of good days on top of good days. And you know, Zach Wilson's got the same kind of mentality here. The only thing with Jordan Love is that we saw one good day and one really bad day, so he wasn't stacking those good days on top of each other. But that's what kind of Zach Wilson's doing. Yes, you know, we're doing the same plays, but I'm getting it at different looks. All right, now I'm seeing it, you know, in a nickel defense or a man defense or a zone coverage three safety deep, two safety deep, one safety, shallow safeties. We're getting all different looks, so I know what to do on these plays in every single circumstance that is going to be thrown my way. So absolutely love it here. He's uh, not getting discouraged by I love that he's saying, you know, I'm learning something new every single day. Even on the good days, I'm still learning. I'm still – I'm like, damn, I, I thought I played good here, but I still got so much to learn, and it's not overwhelming him. He's taking it in stride, and he's getting it done, and that's exactly what we can – that's exactly what we want, and that's what we're asking for for these rookie quarterbacks. So – Love that he's kind of getting better here, getting all these reps here. He's the main man. It's not like Jacksonville where Trevor Lawrence is still, some for some reason, splitting carries and splitting reps with Gardner Minshew. And we like Gardner Minshew. We're not, we're not dissing Gardner Minshew. We want Gardner Minshew to go to a different team so he has that ability to try to be the starter. But we know he's not going to be the starter. It's unfortunate, but it's Trevor Lawrence. Like we said, we've been talking about this man for three, four years, folks, a number one one overall pick he is the starter we don't care what uh, who is it Brian Schottenheimer the offensive coordinator for the Jacks we don't care what he says oh it's a it's too early to call and it's truly an open quarterback no it's not it's not so I think the Jets are truly doing it right here Zach Wilson you're the man you're our guy go out there go learn go make the mistakes go get better go keep learning every single day take your time not too much time because we do have the season coming up but take your time man there is no rush for you let's get it right we want you to be the main man we can't make it work here in New York now Robert Sala first time head coach trying to get it done with first time rookie quarterback Zach Wilson trying to get it done as well so I think they got the right plan going going into the Jets Jets' first season with their rookie quarterback here. No more Sam Darnold. They couldn't make him work. They really swung on some coaches there as well. And now they're trying it all over again. Just need to get it right. All right, let's keep going in this article right here. Let's see where this uh, official quote of Matt Laf or Mike LaFleur is coming from. So, the Jets aren't giving a single thought to the use of mental training wheels, throwing Wilson into the controlled burn that is minicamp. And that's what you do. Like they said, it's a controlled burn. Go out and see what you got. It's minicamp. Make the mistakes. Make them. We just saw Tua throw six interceptions. It was in the rain, but it's still six interceptions. We just um, heard about... Um, 
uh, Trey Lance, you know, how George Kittle was like, man, oh man, this man is firing the ball in. They may not look pretty every time, and it may not be the right read every time, but he's still slinging the ball in, seeing what windows he can fit it into. Make the mistakes in minicamp, before the preseason, before the games, when you can't, you can't make mistakes. You can't make a mistake in the game, folks. Weeks 1 through 18, you cannot make a mistake. So this is your time to get it done, get those mistakes out there, learn from them, and get better. So yes, throw everything at your rookies here. See if they can handle it. And so far, it seems like Zach Wilson is handling it absolutely fantastically. But let's keep going here in the article. It's not easy, but is essential if New York wants the number two overall pick to blossom into the franchise quarterback it never quite saw in Sam Darnold. And yeah, they kind of took it a little slow with Sam Darnold. I mean, the man never even had 60% completion percentage in New York. Unfortunate. His highest was like 59. Truly not great. So, I mean, they took it slow with Sam Darnold. They did have a, a, a mess, a mess of head coaches there. Just truly not able to get it done. But, you know, maybe taking it slow with Sam Darnold, not kind of throwing the kitchen sink at him hurt him a little bit <clears throat> let's keep going it's painful to swing and miss once under center it's not an option the second time around quote it's been a learning curve for him we've thrown a lot at him alrighty so nothing really kind of great in that quote kind of exactly what the uh, you know classic headline is classic clickbait there uh, but let's see do we get anything else here any other quotes uh, we get a quote by Robert Sala it's the result of a character trait the Jets have identified in Wilson, one that has them convinced they made the right decision in April. Quote by Robert Silo, the head coach. Quote, Zach loves ball. That's one thing I've learned. He's unflappable in the sense that he doesn't care whether something went good or bad. He wants to know why it went good or bad. He wants to learn from it. He is wired exactly the way you want all players to be wired. Oh, man, love it. Yeah, Zach, we got to start buying Zach Wilson anymore. These rookies, they're kind of impressing us out there. Where do we have Zach Wilson on our big board? We had him number three under Justin Fields, but man, I'm loving it. Robert Sal is big on him knowing that, you know, he doesn't care if he gets it right. He wants to know why it was right, why it was bad to get better. That's what we're talking about, folks. Getting better when you can't afford to get better in many camps. When it's just you and the defense, you and the coach, you and the receivers. Get it done, man. Learn from it. Get better. And Zach Wilson is doing that to an absolute T here. Love it. We get one more quote. Anything else here? Quote, so now it's just a matter of him getting as many reps as possible. Robert Sala, yes, sir. We were a little iffy on the hire in the beginning. But this man, once again, he is really kind of getting it done, and we're loving everything we hear from Robert Sala. This man is not Dan Campbell. This man is making all the right uh, all the right choices, all the right decisions, saying all the right things out here. And we got to buy this Jets team, folks. I don't care that they're young and unexperienced. I do not care. We're going to be buying this Jets team right off the rip. So now it's just a matter of time of getting him as many reps as possible. Exactly why the Jaguars of Urban Meyer and their offensive coordinator are making Making the wrong decision. Get Trevor Lawrence all the reps. It's unfortunate for Gardner Minshew. You had your opportunities. It didn't result in the wins. It's unfortunate. And uh, But Trevor's our guy. Give him all the number one reps. But they're not doing that in Jacksonville. They are doing that in New York. So I applaud Robert Sala. I applaud the offensive coordinator. Um, 
Mike LaFleur, and of course, we got to applaud Zach Wilson for the ability of wanting to get better, wanting to learn what is going right, what is going wrong. I love it. Let's finish off this quote here because we've inter and, um, <laughs> we've interrupted it twice. Quote from Robert Salas. So now it's just a matter of time of him getting as many reps as possible to go into as many situations as possible to see how much he can get better. Oh my, I love it, folks. Yes, see what this man can do. See what his ceiling is potentially year one and go at it, go attack it and force him to get better as soon as possible. Man, oh man, we are gonna be big into this Jets team come the start of the season and hopefully they're living up to all the hype because we are hyping them up as much as we can, folks. I'm. I'm I'm going to put this Jets team, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. They're going to be third best. They're going to be third best in the AFC East. Fantastic. They'll be better than the Patriots. The Bills, they're proven. And, they're, and the Dolphins, I mean, we got to give it up for uh, what we've seen from two a year to uh, going into year two. And uh, Brian Flores, he's never steered us wrong. So it's a tough division for the Jets, but we'll give them third place. We'll give them eight wins, maybe nine. We'll give them nine wins already. Don't, don't, doesn't matter who they're facing. Nine wins. There it is. Uh, big, big expectations for this Jets team coming up. And uh, I truly think they can handle it, folks. Alrighty, let's keep going here. New story here. Going, I mean, talking about Tom Brady, man. And this man may never retire. How great would that be? Jeez. I mean, I could I could watch a goat every year. I've got no problem watching a goat every year. So here we go. Bucks quarterback Tom Brady committed to playing out final two years of contract. Quote, and then see what happens after that. If I still want to keep playing, I might be able to do that. Ooh, stunt on him, Tom. Yes, sir. 44, 45. It's like LeBron James. Not one, not two, not three, not four. Tom Brady's like 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, 49. And the crowd's roaring and he says 50 50 so Tom Brady man stun on him you know winning winning a ring with the Bucks. I mean after these two years are up go to a new team stun on him again one who win a ring again year one and then retire three different teams winning a Super Bowl with nobody's ever done that go and do that <coughs> So let's go into this article right here and see what really Tom Brady's saying because two years of Brady and we've uh, all we've been hearing from this Bucks team and Tom Brady is that oh my God he's better than he was last year he's just so much better than he was last year the he wasn't healthy at all last season he got the surgery to get healthy and now you better be on the lookout because this man's gonna be going on an absolute tear this year so we've just been hearing that Tom Brady's getting better and better and better. And they already won a Super Bowl. So how much better can this man get? That's going to be dangerous for these teams that they have to face. But let's see what we're getting here. <coughs> okay. Tampa Bay Bucks general manager Jason Litch said has said he let the ageless champion play until he's 50. And I, my, you got to. You got to. Whenever Tom Brady says, yeah, I'm not done, you sign him. Hey, Tom, one-year deals after after 45, because that's after two years. That's when his contract's up. He'll be 45. Hey, Tom, you good? You feeling good? All right, one-year deal, 46. Next season. Hey, Tom, you still feeling good? You still got it? All right, 47, one-year deal. Hey, Tom, 48, you still got it? An ink, you got it a little bit. All I need is a little bit. How out of a hundred percent? How are you, 
2% one year deal. And then 49, you're like, Tom, Tom, give me the, give me the percentage zero through a hundred percent. Can you play? And Tom's like, man, it's like, it's like 0.001%. One year deal, one year deal. You're out there. Get it done, kid. So yes, as long as Tom Brady wants to keep playing, you give him whatever money he wants. Even for the all-time great, that might be stretching it a bit. However, Brady has two seasons left on his recently signed extension with the Buccaneers and intends to make a decision on what's to come of the most successful career in NFL history after that. Yes, sir. Speak. Folks, GOAT. GOAT. Right there. Aaron Rodgers. Sorry. No longer potential go candidate. It's all Tom Brady. Not locked up. Number one spot. Nobody's going to be challenging him for a long time. Patrick Mahomes has the ability to, but even if he's kind of, you know, even, Tom Brady's got two tiebreakers. Um, AFC Championship game with the Patriots beating to, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and then the Super Bowl, obviously, this season beating Patrick Mahomes. So, Tom Brady's already got the tiebreaker. It's done. I mean, this man's past his prime. Do not call 44 your prime. Do not call 43 your prime do not do that and Patrick Mahomes not totally in his prime but you know really on the verge of being in his prime if I mean does anybody come out firing in their prime because if it is that's Patrick Mahomes so that's not great we don't want Patrick Mahomes to be in his prime because then we're going prime Mahomes versus 43 out of your prime shouldn't even be in the league anymore shouldn't even be competing anymore and still beat him head-to-head twice Ooh, ooh. so We'll see what Patrick Mahomes can do for the rest of his career. But back to the article here. Uh, quote here by Tom Brady. Quote, 50? That's a long time. Even for me, that's a long time. Jeez, we don't like hearing that. We, I mean, when we, you know Tom Brady was 40, he's like, yeah, I'm going till 45. And everyone's like, yes, yes, yes. But now we're like at the back end of that. You know, we're at 44, going into 44. And we're like, Tom, please, don't, don't leave us, Thomas. Please, please, no. 50, please say 50, 50. Uh, uh, quote, I've said... I've always said 45 was the age that I wanted to reach, and that was my goal. This year, I'll be 44, so next year, I'll be 45. I got a two-year contract. That's not what we want to hear, Todd. We want to hear you playing to 60. Give us 60. Give us some more hope out here. Let's continue on with the quote. Quote. I'm going to be able to obviously play this year and God forbid anything. Oh my God. Yeah. It's not going to Tom, you cannot be saying this stuff. God forbid anything happens, but play next year and then see what happens after that. If I still want to keep playing, I might be able to do that. And if that's enough, then that would be enough. So Tom Brady truly kind of maybe starting to realize it's over. I mean, when he was 40, you know, he had big bright eyes. Oh yeah. 45, man. I'm not done till I'm 45. No way. I'm not quitting. No time, no time soon. I still got five years. Um, and now we're starting to get at the end of that kind of five year expansion. And uh, it's a little unfortunate, man. I mean, the man just won a Super Bowl looking real solid. Three interceptions in the NFC Championship game. Not the best, but Aaron Rodgers, not the clutches out there. Unfortunate. And once again, why Tom Brady's the GOAT over Aaron Rodgers? Because Tom Brady, once again, went in your own division year one and beat that ass. <laughs> beat that ass straight up. Heads up. So, once again, if you have Aaron Rodgers isn't even close to being on the same level of what Tom Brady has accomplished in his career. And even if for whatever happens, if Aaron Rodgers can play till 45 like Tom Brady does and rallies off 10 straight and if, uh, Super Bowl appearances, then maybe. But still, at the same time, we got Tom Brady at the head-to-head because of what we just saw this season. 
So we're getting to the end of Tom Brady, folks. Take it all in. Relish in this. Respect the GOAT. We we don't know when the next time we're going to get a GOAT. And how unfortunate is that? We got some decent players coming into this league. We're big on... Um, we're big on Justin Herbert. He's probably going to be the new age potential GOAT. But once again, is he going to be able to ride the classic GOAT of Tom Brady? So we got, you know, this kind of exiting quarterback class of Drew Brees, Big Ben, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers. So all those, even Aaron Rodgers is, you know, still, what is he, 36? <clears throat> so maybe still a couple, 35, 36, 34. So a couple more years, Big Ben's retiring at 39. Drew Brees got to, what, 40? So, you know, we're, we're starting to exit this kind of long-term GOAT quarterbacks class. And now this new class of we got Patrick Mahomes, we got Lamar Jackson, we're getting Justin Herbert, we're getting Trevor Lawrence, we're getting potentially Zach Wilson. So let's see if this kind of new age can kind of step up and kind of, you know, Take the reins. Take the reins over. We've been having great. We've had 15 years of great quarterback play, folks. I mean, let's see if that can continue. We've got multiple goats in this draft class. How crazy is that? So we'll see how uh, Tom Brady ends his career. We hope we get we hope we get 50, folks. We hope we get 50. But Tom Brady's starting to kind of uh, temper expectations a little bit. 45, same 45. Always said 45. We'll see what we get. I got two years. That puts me at 45. Let's see if he can hit 46. All right. Uh, all right. Here we go. The last uh, football story to talk about. Once again, we have to once again toe the line here because we have a strike already on our channel for talking for talking about it. You can't even talk about it. But um, I'm kind of liking what Cole Beasley put out. I don't agree with everything he said, um, but I do agree with the overall intent of what he's trying to get out there. So let's talk about it. Cole Beasley took to Twitter. He's been, you know, a big name on Twitter these last two, three, four days because, you know, he's kind of going not against, well, yeah, kind of against the official narrative, the only narrative you can talk about when you're talking about COVID and the vaccines, but uh, he's kind of going against that, but has his kind of, has a good thinking about it has a logical taking in all the information of everything that has gone on over the last two two and a half years in making his own decision because that's what you can do in America no make your kind of own decision and think for yourself and not be force fed all the information and we're not kind of we're not doing we don't even want to say anything because we don't want to get a strike on our channel we've already had it happen but um Let's read uh, what Cole Beasley said. Couldn't even tweet it out because uh, it was so long, so we had to make a note and then uh, tweet the screenshot of the note. But this is uh, Cole Beasley, his own words out here. Quote, look, I'm going to live my one life like I want to regardless. Everyone, hi, I'm Cole Beasley and I'm not vaccinated. I will be outside doing what I do. I'll be out in public. If you're scared of me, then steer clear or get vaccinated or get vaccinated. Point blank period. I may die of COVID, but I'd rather die actually living. I have family members whose days are numbered. Okay, I don't like that. I don't like once again, we're not like saying, "Oh my god, everything Cole Beasley just said here is 100%." No, 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 no. That uh, you know, some some way that you phrase it and, you know, I'm never a fan of kind of argumentative in um kind of um um 
argumentative, I'm blanking on the word I want to use, argumentative, uh, kind of challenging language. I never liked that. I mean, calling, oh, oh, you're stupid. You're dumb. Oh, you're dumb if you think this way. Oh my God, only stupid people. I don't like saying that. I don't like phrasing anything like that. Um, and that's kind of what he's doing here. And I don't love that. But the overall point, I can get behind. But let's keep going here. Um, I have family members whose days are numbered. If they want to come see me and stay at my house, then they are coming regardless of protocol. And this is, he's talking about the NFL protocol. We just talked about it a couple of days ago on the show that vaccinated versus unvaccinated personnel, players, and coaching staff. I mean, if you're unvaccinated, you can't be around anybody. You have to maintain the social distance. I believe you still have to wear, uh, maybe not, maybe you don't have to wear a mask, uh, but you definitely have to kind of stay uh, with the six feet, the socially distance. You can eat in the cafeteria. If you're, um, if you're a coach, you can't have tier one status. You have to be up in the booth. You can't be on the field with your team players. You can still be on the field because they need you on the field. But um, I mean, just, I mean, just the sheer differences. Once again, not forcing the vaccine, but um, giving you freedom, <laughs> giving giving freedom <laughs> for having the vaccine. How wild is that? But we digress. Back here. Uh, quote, I have family members whose days are numbered. If they want to come see me and stay at my house, then they're coming regardless of protocol. And once again, that's another thing I forgot to mention. If you're unvaccinated, like on the road and go, like staying in hotels, you can't like, you know, uh, socialize with the team. You can't have any guests in your um, hotel room. You can't go to anybody else's house. You have to kind of stay quarantined during the NFL season if you are unvaccinated. Uh, quote, I don't play for money anymore. And that's what I love, man. You're not playing for money anymore. You secured the bag. You can make your own decision. You're not kind of, you know, held under, hey, you want this money? You want this money? Then you got to do all this stuff. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm sad. I'm not chasing money anymore. I'm set for life. My family's set for life. My kids will be set for life. Their kids, um, maybe not set for life. Depends on what the investments do. But, you know, so far, my immediate family and my second generation will all be set for life. And then we'll go from there. Um, but back to the article or back to the quote here, quote, my family has been taken care of. Find me if you want my way of living and my values are more important to me than a dollar. I love my teammates and enjoy playing ball because all the outside BS goes out the window in these moments. I just want to win the Super Bowl and enjoy these relationships that will be created along the way. I'm not going to take meds for a leg that isn't broken. I'd rather take my chances with COVID and build up my immunity that that way eat better, drink water, exercise, and do what I think is necessary to be a healthy individual. That is my choice based on my experiences and what I think is best. I'll play for free this year to live life how I've lived it from day one. If I'm forced into retirement, so be it. I've enjoyed the times that I've had. I'll get to live freely with my wife, kids, and extended family forever. We'd get to enjoy the times that we missed from the sacrifices we've had to make just so I could play this wonderful game. So either way, it's a win-win. That's what I. That's where I stand. Thank you for everyone who has been supportive throughout this process. A lot of other, and this is what I want to kind of key in on. A lot of other NFL players hold my position as well, but aren't in the right place in their career to be so outspoken. I feel for you, and I'm hoping I'm doing my part to represent you guys as well. I mean, 
folks, we've heard Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Bills. Once again, he he was a little, you know, I hate using this word, but, but vaccine hesitant. And, you know, he doesn't really want to get it, but he knows there's incentives to get it on the field. And it's kind of, you know, once again, I mean, if you even if you even say, oh, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm kind of thinking about getting the vaccine, you get murdered, you get shot in the streets, you get killed on Twitter, you get dunked on by the Twitter people. It's like, if you're not a thousand percent behind the vaccine, you are the Antichrist. And it's unfortunate that, you know, that is kind of what has been taken part over this last year. So that's what Cole Beasley had to say. Um, let's go to his Twitter now because he did tweet some things, once again, that I did not like. Um, what do we get? He's kind of responding to a lot of people. Who's this Tyler Conway person that he's replying to? What's this man? He's verified. NBA News, Bleacher Report. All right. Okay. So he's NBA. Um. All right. <clears throat> what else do we get here by Cole Beasley? He said... Um, he said something. All right. Well, let's uh, let's read this quote here, right here because this is uh, he's replying to uh, he's quote tweeting the the differences between the uh, the protocols and uh, modifications for fully vaccinated versus not fully vaccinated athletes and personnel in the NFL. We went over this list the other day. Not vaccinated. We'll just read it off real quick. Not, not vaccinated. You have to get tested every day. Masks are required at the club facility. Must remain physically distant from others in club. Must quarantine after high risk exposure. Travel restrictions in effect. Fixed 15 player li- uh, limit in the weight room. Players must be physically distanced. No social media marketing sponsorships may not use the sauna or the steam room and that was really the big one that we keyed in on i mean you can't even use the sauna or the steam room i mean give me the vaccine right now i need to i need to get my sweat on so that's the big one that everyone's really kind of freaking out over not being able to get into the sauna or the steam room all right, but Cole Beasley replied to all these kind of restrictions saying, this is crazy. Did we vote on this? I stay in the hotel. We still have meetings. We will be all together. Vaccinated players can go out the hotel and bring COVID back into where I am. So what does it matter if I stay in the hotel now? 100% immune with vaccination? No. And I'm glad he said that. Once again, YouTube, he's saying that. We didn't say that because that's what we got. We got struck on our channel because we stated that. Um, I'm going to phrase it like Cole Beasley said, so once again, you can't attack me. Cole Beasley says 100% immune from with vaccination. No. That's him saying that. And I believe that is correct. But I'm not saying that. So don't strike our channel. We can't afford another one, please. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, you know, make your own decision. Get it if you want it. Don't get it if you don't want it. If you If you get it, you're vaccinated. You're protected. No, that's the point of the vaccine. I think I stepped out of line right there. So we'll probably get struck on that just statement alone. But if you get the vaccine, what's the problem? What is the problem? So, you know, not every player in the NFL is kind of just, you know, loving the uh, the restrictions, buying into the restrictions. And, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of praise Cole Beasley a little bit for speaking out because, like we, like he said, a lot of players, not everybody, some people want it. And go ahead, get it. Nobody, nobody's stopping you. No, he's like, oh, my God, you got the vaccine? What a, what a nut job. What a crazy. Oh, my God. How could you do that? Nobody's saying that. Yes, there are some literally, literally crazy people that do say that and they 
they don't have any right to say that at all. I do not respect anybody for judging whether they get the vaccine or not. It is your choice. You've taken in all the information over the two and over the last two years. Make your own decision about your body and your health. What's best for your circumstance? I've got no problem with that. So, Cole Beasley speaking out. And I respect him for it. He's getting killed on Twitter. Classic because that's what Twitter is now. Everyone just wants to dunk and everybody goes along with the same narrative to get those dunk points, which are likes and retweets and praise and followers. Folks, we folks, we got uh, we got 89 followers on our Twitter page. We're not all we're not about the likes. We're not if you like it, great. If you don't, okay. We're not we're not trying to please y'all. We're we're we we tweet the content that we like to tweet. That is it. So, um, uh, so back to Cole Beasley. Absolutely love it. Um, you know, hey, sp- stand up for what you believe in, man. Don't get kind of held down by your job. Yeah, your job, basically. Do not kind of get forced by your job. Make your own right decision if you're in the right place. If you financially, you know, everything like that, mentally, physically, financially, make your own right decision. And, you know, it's unfortunate that everybody's not in that place. Like Cole Beasley said, not everybody's in the right place of their career. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes cannot say anything about the vaccine, folks. He cannot, he can't, he just got 400 million. He's trying to be the greatest of all time. If this man came against the vaccine and everything like that, the man would be canceled and that money would be drying up. I mean, Andy Reid would face pressure to cut the man and he would be blackballed from the NFL, folks. So, we know how much weight uh, Patrick Mahomes carries because he's their biggest superstar coming into the league now. Once Tom Brady's gone, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. So, uh, you know, not in the right place of your career right right yet. And that's exactly Josh Allen. That's exactly Patrick Mahomes. I don't know how Patrick Mahomes feels about the vaccine, but I'm just putting it out there that he could not speak out against it. So we'll leave it there. Hopefully we didn't uh, cross the line with anything we said. I know I think I know we said a lot of controversial stuff here in the last 20 minutes. I know I know we're crazy, but hopefully we don't get struck. All right. Uh, last story to go over to basketball story here. Here we go. Kyrie Irving, he is not going to play tonight. Game seven versus the Bucks. A little unfortunate here. Obviously, you want as much talented firepower on your team as possible. But the kind of good silver lining news here is Steve Nash says Kyrie's injury is not season threatening. And that, quote, he'd be able to return at some point. So that's great. If they can get past this Bucks team, which I don't even know what the hell is going to happen in this game. But, uh, you know, if the Nets do win this game and they move on, they've still got the uh, Eastern Conference Finals and then they still got the regular Finals. So there is still a timetable for Kyrie Irving's um, return here, whether it's going to be, like we said, the Eastern Conference Finals or the actual Finals, if they make it that far. But Kyrie Irving, it's not season-ending ankle injury, so that's fantastic. And, uh, you know, when it comes, we want to see, you know, teams at full strength. We hate the injuries, and there's been a lot of injuries this season. It's unfortunate, but, you know, that's the sport. Every sport has these injuries. Yes, a little bit more this season. We did kind of break down those numbers. We saw it. It's, it, it is actually statistically proven that there are more injuries this season. So, you know, that's never great, but, you know, that's what we get. I mean, what are we going to go, an entire year without an NBA? Or are we going to go a year without, you know, some solid players in the NBA? We still got to see what's out there. So, we'll see what happens with Kyrie Irving. How quickly is, are we talking Eastern Conference Finals or are we talking Finals? We never really got that. Are we talking about, uh, you know, potentially Game 7 is like uh, Game 7 of the Finals? Is that his earliest return date? Is that what he's calling not season-ending, season-threatening? So we don't really 
totally know the timetable. It is an ankle injury, just kind of, you know, not a broken, not a fractured, just a little bit of a sprained ankle, bad sprain. So hopefully it's not too much longer because if the Nets do make it back, I mean, they're definitely going to need that firepower against the potential Hawks or the Bucks or Hawks or the 76ers. I mean, they got firepower on deck, folks, and the Nets are definitely going to have to try to have as many potentially great players out there to keep up with that scoring pace that we that we see the Hawks play with. Not throughout the entire game, but some nice spurts that they have. And then the same thing with the 76ers, Seth Curry going absolutely manic these last two games. Got to give him credit. So. We'll see how quickly Kyrie Irving can get back. If, but first they got to make it out of the out of the out of Game Seven tonight. So we'll see if they can do that. Alrighty, those were all the stories that we needed to cover for today. So let's head over to the NBA, break down the games from last night. We'll do our money maker for tonight's action, and then we'll head over to the divisional playoff game for the Packers versus 49ers, 2012. Kaepernick versus Aaron Rodgers, and guess who lost? Aaron Rodgers, guess who's not in the league anymore? Colin Kaepernick, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers is so great. No, Aaron Rodgers is so fantastic. He can not go to mandatory minicamps. He can diss his team every time he gets into the spotlight. And uh, so that's Aaron Rodgers, and we'll critique him, see if he deserves credit. All right, let's uh, go to the first game up, and it's the 76ers and the Hawks. And, man, oh, man, what a great game. 76ers came out firing in the first quarter. Uh, Philadelphia brought it back. Third quarter was kind of going, you know, both ways. Hawks had a decent lead. And then the fourth quarter, I mean, the Hawks could not buy a bucket, folks. Could not rely on anybody besides Trey Young. And even, you know, hey, you know, even he was turning the ball over in the fourth quarter. Not the greatest. He did hit a big old three that got Twitter hype. I fell for the hype as well. And then they ended up beefing the last minute, 30 seconds. So unfortunate there. But an overall pretty solid game here by both teams. And once again, it's Seth Curry going absolutely manic, channeling his brother, Steph Curry. And that's what we love seeing by Seth Curry. We haven't really seen him do this in the regular season, be this great. But now that there's no Danny Green, he's kind of the number maybe two scoring option now, depending on if you're giving it to Tobias Harris or not. He's been a little flounderish in this kind of playoff series. But Seth Curry has been stepping up to the plate and knocking it out of the park so we give that man absolutely credit a lot of credit last night uh ben simmons i mean he only played 25 minutes the man was get you know getting hacked to simmons out there like they did hack a jordan um and he ended up having to kind of ride the bench a lot in the fourth quarter, unfortunately, just because you can't have that liability at the free throw line out there. It's unfortunate, but the man can't shoot, and I don't understand it. The man still cannot shoot in this league. He is Giannis from the free throw line. How are you a point guard? How are you a one on a team and then shooting free throws like Giannis? I don't get it. But uh, Ben Simmons last night, six points. He had nine rebounds and five assists, only took six shots, and he went uh, two or four from the free throw line. So they were getting him out of there. Getting him, no, 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 stop, stop, get out the game. We cannot afford you to be taking these free throws. All right, Seth Curry was absolutely on his bullshit last night. 24 points, 6 of 9 from 3. We absolutely love it. He was a plus 9 on the floor. That offense and defense, yes, sir, the highest plus minus of all the starters. Once again, so much credit and respect to Seth Curry. for Basically, the only reason why they're going to Game 7 is Seth Curry. Give that man credit. 
Joel Embiid, not his best night. Did uh, Joel Fatigue show up? Yeah, and some spurts because he only put up 22 points. He did have 13 rebounds in seven of those offensive. That is fantastic, but he scored 37%, folks. He took the most shots on the team and shot 37%. On 24 shots, the most of the team, 37%. So not the greatest down low from Joel Embiid. He shot one of four from the three. Once again, fatigue setting, setting in a little bit. So that's going to make it's going to make game seven so much more interesting with Joel Embiid kind of falling off in the back half of the series. Game four, we saw it. Game five, we saw it. Game six, they won. So, you know, kind of got swept under the rug. But his point totals of only 22, that's a little low for him, folks. And then Tobias Harris, 24 points on 45% shooting. He shot two of three from the three. Pretty solid there. He did get into some early foul trouble in the first quarter, but it wasn't a problem for the rest of the game. So 24 points, five rebounds, and he was a plus three on the floor. So once again, credit to him. And then Firkin Korkmaz filling in for Danny Green at the three. Seven points, five rebounds, one of five from the three. Nothing special. He only played 22 minutes. So Korkmaz, you know, we've seen bright spots from this man in this series or just kind of this season all, uh, as a whole. Just unfortunately not the best game from him, but Seth Curry steps up and you got to give him credit. And not only did Seth Curry step up, Tyrese Maxey off the bench stepped up big time for this team. 16 points and 17 rebounds. Yes, sir. He shot four. 41%, but I'll take those 16 points all day. He got to the free throw line eight times, the most out of anybody else on the squad, and he was a plus 12 in those 30 minutes. So once again, huge credit to Tyrese Maxey off the bench. Kind of, once again, Tyrese Maxey, Seth Curry kind of saving the season a little bit. So we absolutely shout out those two players right there. And now it's going into game seven back in Philadelphia, but the Hawks have stole two on the road. So who knows what's going to happen there, but uh, nonetheless, we get a Game 7 tomorrow night. We get a Game 7 to talk about tonight. So, hey, out of potentially three Game 7s, we got two. So, that's kind of good. We'll, we'll take that. All right, Dwight Howard only played nine minutes. Um, you know, like to see that man out on the floor. He was a plus six on the floor in those nine minutes. That's what we're talking about. A little light on the rebounds. Usually, you know, if he plays more than four minutes, he'll have eight or more rebounds. Only two last night. Two rebounds, two points, shot 100%. But that's what we like about Dwight Howard. The man is a dog out there. Wish he would get a little bit more playing time. Um, you know, we, we, we definitely think he is a great, solid bench piece. And, uh, you know, nine minutes. Little light from him, but uh, you know, uh, other way, nonetheless, great job by the 76ers team as a whole, getting it done in the fourth quarter. I think they had like 20 free throws in the fourth quarter alone, which kind of you know propelled them to the win because, like we said, the Hawks could not buy a bucket in the fourth quarter, and uh, you know, in the the 76ers were just getting the free points, the free free throws, so. A little unfortunate there. Trey Young trying his damnedest. So let's go to this Hawks team now. Trey Young, 34 points, 5 of 10 from the three. The man put up 30 shots, shot 43%. But we'll take it. Once again, 34 points, a plus 7 on the floor. Got to get a plus 7 in a loss, in a 5-point loss. Yes, sir, give me that. Especially when you played 40 minutes. Yes, sir, Trey Young doing his damnedest to rally this Hawks team. It's just truly unfortunate. This supporting cast that we've been kind of bragging about all season Bogdanovich, we've been ranting and raving on. He's been coming up big time small, folks. Not the greatest. So let's finish off Trey Young for a second. 34 points, 12 assists to Man, oh, man, three steals, five rebounds, five of ten from the three. Jeez, love it. An absolute magnificent game by Trey Young. Definitely he did not deserve to lose this game. Unfortunately, it's a team game. 
And as we say that, Bogdan Bogdanovich, seven points on 27% shooting, one of six from the three. Come on, Bogdan, you're so much better than that. So truly letting him down there. Clint Capella did his thing, 14 points, 11 rebounds, trying to, you know, once again, going against Joel Embiid. It's tough, but he's still making it work. Only a minus one on the floor. That's pretty solid in a five-point loss. We'll give him it. John Collins coming up a little short offensively as well. Seven points on 25% shooting. 0 of 3 from the 3. Unfortunate. He did have 10 rebounds. And the plus 7 is, once again, fantastic. And then we get Kevin Herter. 17 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 of 6 from the 3. Just a mad game overall, but he was a minus 6 on the floor. Not the greatest. So, overall, the starters, decent play. Just could not be that clutchness. And that's what this Hawks team needs. Hopefully, they can get it done on the road again, like we've seen time and time again the series and going back to the Knicks they won uh they won two on the road they won game one in New York and then they won out the closeout game five on the road so I mean this team wins on the road they don't care about home or away they play the same if not better on the road which is crazy but they do it so give them credit all right, off the bench, Daniel Gallinari, 16 points. He shot 2 of 5 from 3. Pretty solid as well out there. Lou Williams only playing 11 minutes, 0 points on 5 shots. Once again, Lou, come on, Lou. Just nothing great by this man. Um, and he was a minus 10 on the floor. Really bad out there. So they didn't really have that bench. They didn't have anybody to rely on to help him out. It's all just Trey Young out here trying to do his thing, and everyone else is just com coming up short and short time and time and time again. So, Game 7, Hawks, 76ers, who's going to be the most complete team? Can Seth Curry keep it up again and you know have an amazing performance again? Can somebody else on this Hawks team, Bogdanovich, Herder, Collins, can somebody on the bench step it up big time while everybody else steps it up big time as well? That's going to be the big narrative. Does Joel fatigue come back does he get it right for game number seven the you know the everybody on twitter says he's the mvp he has not been looking like the mvp these last three games kind of getting bailed out by his teammates we'll see what happens in game seven but it's going to be an absolutely great one coming up on sunday folks we got a great weekend of football saturday game seven sunday game seven and then do we start do we start the eastern conference finals do we start the conference finals on monday maybe we we can't really see but um Oh, no. Wow. Whoa. We start the conference finals on Sunday. Wow. Suns Clippers Sunday. Wow. That's crazy. I thought they were giving them to at least Monday. Jeez. No time off. They are trying to get the season done and over with. Gosh darn. Wow, 3.30, the early game. Saving the game seven for the late game. Finally, thank you for doing that. They didn't do that in round one. Remember, Clippers Mavericks was on at like one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Not that extreme, but it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. But, um, you know, Clippers, Suns, wow, 3.30 on Sunday. I can't believe it's starting that early. Wow. Um, unfortunate for Kawhi Leonard, truly. Alrighty, well that's uh, 76ers and the Hawks. Let's go to uh, the Clippers and the Jazz now. And man, oh man, respect to this Clippers team. Down big, down bad. Jazz got off to an absolutely hot start. 
outscored him 33-31 to in the first quarter. That wasn't that great, but the second quarter outscoring them, the Jazz outscoring the Clippers 39-19 to in the second quarter. But then the third quarter, the, Cl- the yeah, the Clippers were like, oh, you want to outscore us big? We're putting up 41. What do you got, 22? And then in the fourth quarter, they did the same thing, 45-25, to or 40-25 to outscoring in the fourth quarter. So the Clippers absolutely got it done in the second half, and who can we thank? Is it Paul George? No, no, no. Is it Reggie Jackson? No, no, no. Is it Kawhi Leonard? Obviously not. The man did not play. It's mother-loving Terrence Mann, folks. Terrence Mann and absolutely one of the best performances ever. Oh, my God. How old is he? He's not a rookie, right? Two years in the league. This is his second year, folks. One year experience besides this one. And he absolutely took over and basically won him the game. Terrence Mann filling in for Kawhi Leonard at the three. 39 points on 7 of 10 from 3, folks. 71% shooting on 21 shots. An absolutely amazing game by Terrence Mann. The Jazz would kind of, you know, rubber band the lead a little bit. Got down big, like 20. Brought it down to 10 at one point I think brought it down to I think the closest they got it down to in the second half was about uh I want to say three I think they got it within three and Terrence Mann said no 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 bingo bingo cash money two three long two deep three doesn't matter I'm scoring out here back up big 15 20 game over so well done by Terrence Mann an absolutely great performance. Paul George still had a pretty good game as well. 28 points. He was a plus 19 on the floor. Fantastic. 28 points, 7 assists, 9 rebounds, 3 steals. He shot 2 of 5 from the 3. 41% on 24 shots. But overall, we'll take that absolutely. And then Reggie Jackson continuing to do his thing once again. Reggie Jackson is absolutely critical, crucial here for this Clippers team. Able to facilitate the floor fantastically while being that scoring threat. 27 points with 10 assists. Credit, credit, credit. 3 of 7 from the 3 and 62% on 16 shots. Getting into the mid-range. Fantastic. So, Reggie Jackson, a great performance. Paul George, a great performance. Nicholas Batum, great performance as well. 16.7 rebounds on 4 of 6 from 3. Once again, everybody in this starting lineup truly getting it done here for this Clippers team without Kawhi Leonard. And once again, we kind of like the offense a little bit better. It kind of runs a lot smoother when there's no Kawhi Leonard, and I don't understand it. Um, I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but that's what we're seeing these last two games. No Kawhi Leonard, and it kind of seems like no problem. We'll see how it goes in the uh, Western Conference Finals when they got to face the Suns, but man, oh man, you're getting Reggie Jackson those more shots. You're getting Terrence Mann those more shots. And it's kind of looking good. You're able to kind of spread the wealth a little bit more instead of kind of having a kind of ball-dominant Kawhi Leonard, decently ball-dominant Paul George, and then just letting everybody else kind of pick up the scraps. This is a full offense here, and I'm loving it. Ty Lue, respect, credit, respect. Finally, we give Ty Lue some credit as a head coach. Great job using Terrence Mann. Great job just kind of having the total offensive floor just flowing together without your top superstar out on the floor. So we finally give credit to Ty Lue. Um, a lot of credit? Do we give the man a lot of credit? Like, out of 100 credit points, do we give him like 90? Is that a lot? Is that too much? Maybe we should go like 80, 75? I mean, Terrence Mann still went lights out. You still got to do it on the floor, but I'll give Ty Crew 85. I'll give him 85 out of 100 credit points for last night. Absolutely fantastic. Getting it done and making the right lineup changes, and that's exactly what you want to see. 
So overall, everybody in the starting lineup got it done. Marcus Morris, seven points on one of four from the three, three of seven from the field. So once again, he kind of floundered, but he didn't need to have a great game. He didn't need to be that offensive scorer because everybody else was getting it done. He only took seven shots. Respect him for not trying to kind of um, put himself into this offense. So great job by everybody in the starting lineup for the Clippers. Close out game, and they got it done. Wasn't easy in the first half, but they got it together at halftime. Once again, respect for Ty Lue kind of rallying the troops here and letting everybody just get it done in the second half as well. So, absolutely wonderful job by the Clippers last night. Off the bench, we got Patrick Beverly, 12 points, and that's kind of an outlier game from him. Uh, Double-digit points for the man, absolutely fantastic. So, 12 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds, 3 steals, 1 block, a great game. He was a plus 19 on the floor. Him and Paul George were the best pluses out on the floor, so you give them a lot of credit. Um... And then that was really it. Luke Kennard only played 90 minutes. He's like, Terrence Mann is getting it done. Luke, you're done. Get it, get out of here. We don't we don't even need you anymore. So once again, Rondo only playing six minutes. Oh, another reason why Ty Lue deserves a lot of credit for last night. Not kind of, you know, um, like blowing up the team after halftime because they were down a little bit. What were they officially down by at halftime? Um, officially down by 22, 22 down at halftime, folks. That's big. I mean, Ty Lue could have been like, all right, well, you know, we got to go with Rondo. We got to go with Luke Kennard because y'all ain't getting it done and we need offense. So we're going to blow up this entire lineup. No, no, no. He stayed calm, cool, collected out there at halftime. No bench player really got that many minutes, stayed with the lineup and stayed with the, stayed with the, uh, stayed with the plan. So we give Ty Lue a lot of credit for last night, even though we don't give him a lot of credit. Anyway, but uh, uh, throughout the regular season, LeBron James's teams, never any credit. But tonight, finally earned that coaching credit. So give Ty Lue his respect. Alrighty, And then the Jazz to uh, round it out here. Donovan Mitchell was doing his thing like he always does. Donovan Mitchell never disappoints in the playoffs, folks. Ever since last season in the bubble, the man has been great every single game. So we give Donovan Mitchell a lot of credit. Unfortunately, his team comes up a little short. So Donovan Mitchell, 39 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds, 9 of 15 from 3. Fantastic. Um, Mike Connolly back in the lineup, and he floundered. He just pure floundered offensively, and that's kind of what we were a little afraid of, and that's why we took the Clippers plus 3. Could you imagine they were getting 3 points? We ate that value up. Fantastic. But Mike Connolly, 5 points on 12% shooting. 1 of 6 from the 3, 1 of 8 from the field. Just not being that great offensive scorer that they needed him to do. He only had 3 assists as well. Not really facilitating the floor as the 1. Unfortunate. So Mike Connolly maybe played a little bit too many minutes here once again. Coaching here in the NBA, you know, Mike Connolly hasn't played this. Uh, he didn't even play in round one, did he? He didn't play in this entire series. So it's like, you know, in this must-win game on the road, putting Mike Connolly out there for 25 minutes, starting him maybe a little bit too much out there, and it kind of seemed to be that way. So he was a minus eight on the floor, nothing great. Rudy Gobert, the defensive player of the year. Could you all imagine this? A minus 24 on the floor, folks. The worst on the team by far by far so uh, Rudy Gobert 12 points and 10 rebounds he shot well but not defensive at all minus 20 floor minus 24 not great uh, Royce O'Neal 21 points 10 rebounds I mean they played the same amount of minutes 42 minutes for Rudy Gobert 41 minutes for Royce O'Neal and Royce O'Neal was a minus six defensive player of the year was minus 24 yikes big old yikes out there 
And then Bogdan ba or Bohan Bogdanovich, once again, you know, solid play, but, you know, underwhelming on what we know he can do. And in a must-win game, we needed him to be a little bit more on the money. 14 points. He shot 4 of 8 from 3. 5 of 11 from the field. So, once again, not the, not the worst. Solid, but we need more than solid in an elimination game out here. So 14 points, four rebounds for Bohan Bogdanovich, and he is now officially out of the playoffs. The first, the first key player that we've been tracking, key clutch player that's not a superstar, both Bogdanoviches, both Harris's, Tobias, um, Joe, and Bohan Bogdan. Um, and uh, he is the first one to get officially eliminated. So we'll see what Tobias Harris can do versus Bogdan Bogdanovich in that Game 7 come tomorrow, and we'll see what Joe Harris can do in tonight's Game 7. But uh, Bohan Bogdanovich is the first one out. All right, off the bench here. I mean, they played Joe Ingles 17 minutes. He came off the bench. Once again, Joe Ingles off the bench is nothing great. Six man of the year, laughable. Five points, two assists for Joe Ingles. Um... I mean, that's it off the bench. Jordan Clarkson, I mean, he does his thing. He played 22 minutes. He put up 21 points because he puts up 16 shots. Once again, I mean, he was the second most attempted scorer besides Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell won with 27. Jordan Clarkson, number two, with 16, and he played 25 minutes. So, classic Jordan Clarkson game. Kind of ball hog off the bench, not getting the other players involved. And that hurts the team overall, folks. So, once again, I didn't like Jordan Clarkson as the sixth man of the year and still don't. Still don't. Uh, still would have given it to uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., even though he lost in the first round. But, um, yeah, just nothing truly great overall here. Solid performance here by the Jazz. They put up 119 points. You would think that'd be enough for a win, especially in a playoff game. But Terrence Mann said, hey, I'm here. I'm here. Y'all don't know about me, little M-A-A-N-N. Baby, give me it. Give me it. Give me it. I want all the smoke. And he took that smoke, turned it into fire, and uh, absolutely killed the Jazz last night. So that was the NBA from last night. One team takes care of business at home, up 3-2, and the other team doesn't. So shout-out to the Clippers, unfortunate by the Hawks. All right, but we've got a game on tonight, folks. we got a big old game on tonight. Why does this not come up? Why are we – where are we at? Okay, we got to go here. Okay, here we go. Uh, big game on tonight. Bucks Nets 8:30 folks game 7 winner take all loser go home see you next season does that happen again for the Bucks an underwhelming playoff run first round second round exit not getting to the conference finals not getting to the finals not winning the finals will this be an underwhelming season again for the Bucks potentially so let's get the, the lines up to date. Let's get it um, on the moneymaker. Let's get it done. Let's get it rocking and roaring. Hit one of two last night. We had the Hawks plus three. Unfortunate, they lose by four. And we had the Clippers plus two and a half. And they outright win. So let's get these lines refreshed and see if we can make a little bit of money on tonight's game seven. Here we go. Our official prediction for the uh, line was Nets plus two and a half. And the official line is Nets minus one and a half. Alrighty, so I respect the line here. This is kind of what it should be. Nets the favorites at home, so I respect Vegas for that. But the official spread is Bucks plus one and a half, Nets minus one and a half. Let's see who's all good to go here. Everybody's good to go for the Bucks, and then for the Nets, just Kyrie Irving is out. So James Harden is still going to be out there for this Nets team, and that's not the greatest. That's still not the greatest out there. He's still kind of getting it done facilitating the floor, but 
I mean, we just saw him in game number six. He had a he had a chance at a fast break, and he stopped. He stopped because that hamstring is acting up. He can't drive. He's a perimeter shooter. He's still jumping into the shooters that are kind of biting on the pump fake. So the man is injured and still like trying to kind of you know draw an injury you're trying to draw the foul but I mean you don't know how you're gonna land when you're jumping into somebody you don't know how it's gonna play out so don't really like that James Harden is still doing that but he's still able to kind of make some decent passes and shoot some threes that he's still you know shooting at a decent percentage out there so um Kevin Durant once again he's gonna have to be their main man kind of was the savior in game number five unfortunate in game number six couldn't make it happen and now here we are in game number seven back at home this Bucks team has not been able to beat this Nets team at home that's what it's come down to they're great they're great on the road that that's fantastic they won the last five road games against the against the Nets at home when the Bucks are at home they beat the Nets but uh, they just can't win on the road. They cannot win in Brooklyn, and that's what it's going to come down to. Game 7, who do you trust more? Do you trust Kevin Durant to shoot lights out like we know he can, just can't do it on the road? Or do we trust Giannis to get into the paint? Now, he did pretty solid work in the paint in game number six. Even um, Drew Holiday was getting into the paint in game number six. The paint was a free-for-all. Uh, so can Blake Griffin and Kevin Durant kind of reestablish dominance down low defensively like they kind of been doing decently this season, especially Blake Griffin? Got to give that man a lot of credit. Of kind of, you know, forcing Giannis. He's not letting Giannis get easy points. Giannis is bringing out the ball at the three-point arc. Trying to draw Blake Griffin in. Blake Griffin's coming out a little bit. But then he's just resorting right back under the basket. And forcing Giannis to do his one move. Which is spin to the right. And Blake Griffin's like, I know what you're doing. Stop. Learn a move, please, Giannis. You're a double-time MVP. Back-to-back -back MVP. And you, you, you got one move? The the big the big dribble up and then the, 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 the spin to the right? Laughable. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lock it up. So, I truly don't know how this game's gonna play out, folks. I don't. I don't. I just know that the Bucks can't win on the road, and that the Nets have won every game this home, this series, every home game this series. So, uh, is Kevin Durant gonna play well? I hope so, but it's gonna be all on him. We can't really rely on James Harden to do that much. And the one thing that I didn't like about Steve Nash in game number six is, I mean, they needed that spark offensively, and they never went to the bench. And, you know, they got Mike James and Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown off the bench, and these aren't great players, but they have been able to show that they can light that spark offensively. We've seen it in this series, folks. We saw it in the last series, the first series, the first round. But, you know, game number six, they're not playing any minutes off the bench. So, once again, I don't like Steve Nash as a coach out here, and uh, so we'll see how he does it tonight what's his lineups gonna be how well is Kevin Durant gonna play how well is Giannis and company Chris Middleton on the road also can't play how unfortunate is that so with all that being said we're gonna go we have the Bucks. We had the Bucks overall. Did we have it winning in seven what do we got here we got our brackets up what's our official pick here Bucks in Nets. We had it in Bucks and Six. Mm, a little, uh, little wishful thinking on that one. But overall, we had the Bucks winning the entire series here, folks. 
Is this one more up to date? What do we do here? Oh, this is football. Never mind. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we had the Bucks in six. I'm still going to rock with my original pick with the Bucks winning the title this year. So we're going to take the Bucks minus, plus one and a half. Giannis, Chris Middleton, you got to both be on your A1 tier one. Got to be on your bullshit this game. And we'll see if they can finally get it done here in a crucial game seven. We're going to take the Bucks on the road. Bucks plus one and a half. Alrighty, so that is uh, our moneymaker for tonight's action. Bucks plus one and a half. Basically, spread doesn't matter, folks. We're just uh, we're just picking it. We're picking them to win. That's it. Alrighty, let's close out the show by uh, judging Aaron Rodgers, which is always fun. So we got uh, game number two in the playoffs here for the Packers. We just covered the Vikings wild card game in 2012 yesterday on the show, where you know he barely beat Joe Webb. Barely beat him. Um, we gave him 70 out of 100 credit points there for that uh, playoff win, but it was against Joe Webb. Nothing solid there. Not really taking advantage of all the opportunities that he was given. And, uh, you know, the receivers had something to do with that. That's why we still gave him 70 out of 100 credit points. But let's see what he's looking like here in this divisional playoff game in 2012 when they lose against the 49ers. All right, so first let's watch. Uh, let's look at the stats, and then we will bring up the film and watch that. We got to look at the stats here on Pro, Ref, uh, Pro Football Reference, just because uh, for some reason the NFL website does not bring up the stats, unfortunately. But uh, let's see, did did Aaron Rodgers get outplayed? So Aaron Rodgers went 26 of 39 for 257 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and one fumble, but he didn't lose it. He didn't lose it. All right. But once again, you know, Aaron Rodgers taking those sacks. How many times did he get sacked? He get sacked a lot. One time sacked and one fumble, but didn't lose it. All right, and then Colin Kaepernick, the quarterback on the other team, 17 of 31, so not that great either. 263 yards, slinging it around better than Aaron Rodgers did. Two touchdowns, one interception, basically Aaron Rodgers. He fumbled as well, but didn't lose it. So basically, everything was the same besides the completion percentage. All righty, and then their running backs, Juwan Harris. Juwan Harris, 53 yards, but Frank Gore going absolutely manic with 119 yards. So that's kind of how the quarterbacks played out. And now let's go through the scoring drives and see how Aaron Rodgers was looking. Does he deserve credit for this win? So here or this loss. Does he deserve credit in this loss? Let's see. So here we go. Uh, well, <laughs> classic, classic Rodgers getting off to a hot start, but not because of him, because Colin Kaepernick is throwing a pick six. Sam Shields, pick six. Colin Kaepernick throwing the pick. So unfortunate there for the 49ers, but they go up 7-0. On their next drive, they go down and score a touchdown, so they tied up 7-7 like nothing happened. Packers' first offensive series. We get two passing completions by Aaron Rodgers, so we got to see those. Are those on him, or are they on the receivers? So let's see. Why did their first official drive stall? Not great. Once again, coming off firing defensively, and Aaron Rodgers, a little flounder out here. So first play, starting at their own 20-yard line, wide open there. That's a first down. To Greg Jennings for seven yards. All right, second and three now. Play action pass. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, way overthrown. Bad throw there. To the running back, Dwan Harris. How unfortunate. So Aaron Rodgers, that's some blame on him. That was open. That was open. Just missed it. And this is pressure, folks. The 49ers just went down and scored a touchdown. Tied up the game. I mean, this is on the Packers now to go and score again. 
offensively this time, putting it all on Aaron Rodgers. So here we go, third and three, drops back to pass and throws it real short, man. Throws it short. A little too much air under this ball. A little bit too much loft on this one. Once again, going to the check down to kind of Russell Okun just for the first down. And he doesn't kind of bullet it in there. A lackadaisical, lazy pass by Aaron Rodgers. So a lot of, you know... Garbage here by Aaron Rodgers on the first series, and that's not great, especially when the 49ers just kind of set the tone, put the pressure right back on you, 7-7 game. We, yeah, we threw an interception, threw a pick six, but we're right back in it. Oh, we get Ted, oh, this is going to be a free highlight here. We get Ted Ginn Jr. as the punt return man for the 49ers. My favorite kind of, you know, non-superstar player in this league started with the Dolphins. Let's see this man work at the punt return. Penalty flag, but who cares? Oh, oh, yes. Got to the 50. This close to breaking it. Man, oh, man. Ted Ginn, man. Absolute shout out. I've got a card of his here, folks. Look at this. Jersey card from the Dolphins. Absolutely fantastic, folks. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a big fan of this, man. Big old fan of uh, Ted Ginn. I believe he's not on a team currently for this year. He will probably... Um, probably have to retire if he did not retire already I'm not 100% sure of his circumstances I know he's not on a team but I'm not sure if he exactly retired but shout out to Ted Ginn love that man Alrighty, but back to critiquing Aaron Rodgers now. Back to business. So they go three and out, nothing great. 49ers go on a nine-play, 47-yard drive. It unfortunately stalls at the Green Bay 40, so they have to punt. And now we get Aaron Rodgers going on a seven-play touchdown drive. So let's see his play here. Does he deserve credit for this drive? Here we go. Finally getting the touchdown that they desperately need to regain the lead here. Where is this coming at? 3-13 in the first quarter. Let's cue this up. Alrighty. Here we go. Starting on their own 20. Here we go. Starting off with a run. That goes nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Alright. Second and eight. Uh, picked up two officially. I don't know about two yards on that play. Alright. Alrighty. Going on second and eight. They run the ball again. And it picks up seven yards. Looking at third and one now. Aaron Rodgers. Third and one in the shotgun. They run it again, and it picks up the first. All righty, going a little bit different here. Mike McCarthy calling a lot of run plays. After the first down pickup, Aaron Rodgers finally throwing the ball. And once again, miscommunication on this throw, man. Uh, Aaron Rodgers thinking it's coming on a comeback route, and the receiver just keeps going. So once again, we don't really know whose fault this is because Aaron Rodgers never puts any blame on himself here. He's not kind of, you know, yelling and screaming, so that we kind of take that as it was kind of his fault on the miscommunication. So once again, not the greatest out here by Aaron Rodgers. He holds up his fists. I don't know what that means. Maybe he's taking some credit. Maybe he's telling him to huddle up. Here we go. Second and 10 now. Aaron Rodgers under center at the 33-yard line. And they run the ball again. Let's get it jump-started again. And picked up about five or four or five. Let's see what they get officially. Face mask as well. And they call it a bailout. Another. Oh, they don't call it. They do pick up the flag. They threw it. They picked it up. All right, third and five. Let's see if Aaron Rodgers can pick this up and how he does it. Here we go. Third and five, Aaron Rodgers in the shotgun. Dropping back the pass. He's going deep. Oh, yes, sir. Maybe a tad underthrown, but he did throw this. He slung this ball. We're going to count the yards. Uh, a possible little underthrown. Double coverage is coming quickly on it. 
We could watch it one more time here. Look at him go. James Jones down the right sideline having to kind of, you know, slow down a little bit, come back for the ball. Tipped it kind of up to himself. But let's count the yards on the official throw here to kind of see if it's an underthrow. If it's like 45, 50 yards, we can't even count that as an underthrow because, I mean, that's kind of a max for any quarterback in the league. Even Aaron Rodgers with the big arm, 55 maybe. So let's count the yards here. Let's see how far he drops back. So here he's at the 35, dropping all the way down to the 30. We're going to count this one officially from the 30, getting it all the way down to the 25. So that's uh, 45 yards right there. Um, 45 yards, 30 to the 50, that's 20. 50 to the 25, that's 25. That's 45 yards. So, yeah, still a little bit of an underthrown. He could have gotten it out to the 20, extended it out to the 20 a little bit more on it. See, James Jones is kind of kind of having to stop and turn back to the ball, but that maybe would have been a touchdown if he puts it out a little bit in front of him. Has it, you know? But it's still a great throw either way. It's a completion, so we give him credit. And then they go to the run. Then they go to the run, and it picks up every other yard they need for the touchdown. So Aaron Rodgers had one good pass on this drive. It was a great pass, a little underthrown. So decent credit there for the touchdown drive. Decent credit. Great throw, great deep throw, 45 yards. All righty. So the touchdown was looking good. That was a solid drive by him. All right, and then the 49ers have to punt. The Packers are up 14-7. But what happens here? They muff the punt? The Packers muff the punt here? Wow, they muffed a punt, and then the 49ers get it on the on the Packers' nine-yard line, and that's an easy-peasy touchdown there, and it's 14-14. So now, once again, momentum catching up to Aaron Rodgers, and this is where the pick comes. Not great here by Aaron Rodgers. You just had a turnover on the special teams, and now you're turning the ball over again? Once again, Aaron Rodgers kind of keeps digging the hole. Yes, he's not responsible for like the initial maybe one to two feet of the hole dug, but then he goes and digs it further for Four or five feet deep himself. So let's watch this drive here. Let's watch this interception drive here. 10:54. We'll cue this up in the second quarter. Not great. 10:54. That's when the drive starts. We'll watch the entire interception drive here. Starting at their own seven-yard line, they run the ball. Picks up one, two, two officially. Second and eight, Aaron Rodgers backed up in his own 10 still. Going deep. Ooh. Flag on the play. Bailed out. Threw the ball. Threw it tight. It was tight coverage. Still a decent ball. Let's see if we can get a better angle here on the replay. Jordy Nelson just going to the right sideline, coming back to the sideline. And, yeah, just a little, uh, just a little, you know, too much outside there. Not really putting it on the money. Like Aaron Rodgers does, but gets bailed out by a penalty and then takes that bail out and throws a pick. They go with the run on the next play here. Three-yard gain, and I think this is where the pick comes. Here we go, dropping back to pass, feeling the pressure in the pocket, buying time. Here we go, going all the way and then just throwing it away. Nothing open. All right, now we get the interception here on third and seven, I believe. Let's see how bad this is. We get the interception. Here we go. Aaron Rodgers. Shotgun. Trying to draw them offsides. They're not having it. Here we go. Drops back to pass. 
Clean pocket, clean pocket, goes deep, takes a shot, and a way overthrow. Way overthrow. So we had an underthrow on the good pass. We have an overthrow on the interception, and they return it all the way down to the 50-yard line. Once again, making it easy for the 49ers. And do they capitalize on the touchdown on the short field? They do. Now they're up 21-14. But, hey, Aaron Rodgers. They go out on the next drive and tie up the game. Back to 21. So let's see this drive. Let's see what Aaron Rodgers is looking like on this drive. Queuing it up at 5 minutes, 5.46, something like that. Here we go. 5.26. We get a nice long drive here. They're starting at their own 20. They're down 21 to 14. Aaron Rodgers barely escaping the pressure, and he fumbles. That was where the fumble was. And could you imagine a fumble? The 49ers get it on the 29-yard line? Aaron Rodgers wants to take off. Lackadaisical with the ball. That's where the fumble could have came on the very next drive after his interception. Once again, we know Aaron Rodgers digs that hole even deeper. He may, like we said, he may not be responsible for that first kind of shovel of dirt, but he does always dig it deeper. Here we go. On the second and one now after the recover, he did recover his own fumble. It picks up a first down. Here we go. Aaron Rodgers going deep now over the middle of the field. Great pass there. Great strike. Now over midfield at the 50. They go back to the run game. Picks up about five. A flag on the play as well. What do they call here? Holding defense. Or no, unsportsmanlike contact on the defense. Brings them all the way down to the 30-yard line. Once again, penalties here helping Aaron Rodgers on some of these drives. He goes check down here. Nice little swing route to the running back outside the left side of the field. Pick six, picks up six officially. Here we go at the 25-yard line. Flag on the play. Offsides by the defense. Another first down picked up. You know, Aaron Rodgers is responsible for that one, so we give him credit there. Alrighty, we got five wide here. Empty backfield at the 20-yard line. Aaron Rodgers over the middle of the field and absolutely on the money. Man, oh, man. Touchdown, uh, James Jones out here right over the middle of the field. Absolute bullet strike by Aaron Rodgers. That's fantastic. But a little bailout on the fumble, able to recover it. A couple of penalties, you know, giving them these extra yards. Getting the kind of defense off tempo a little bit. And Aaron Rodgers takes advantage. Uh, 49ers get a field goal right at the end of half. Making it 24-21. Going into halftime. And what do the Packers do after halftime? They get the ball and they flounder. They go three and out. What do we get? Three yard run. Three yard run. Nine yard sack here. Let's watch this. I mean, we see this time and time by this Packers team with Aaron Rodgers. Their first drive out of halftime. Is always not great, folks. It's always not great. And you're down three. You need to go out and set the momentum, set the tempo. And Aaron Rodgers takes a sack here on third and five. Let's watch this. Drive killer right here. Dropping back the pass. Had a little time to throw it. Let's see if we can see anything open. We're not going to take this one in the coach's film. We'll just see if anything's open quickly here. Just needs five for the first down. This is covered. The check down is covered right at the goal line or at right at the first down line. He's looking to the left side of the field. There's nothing else open over there. And then he goes down for the sack. Unfortunate. Alrighty, but Aaron Rodgers doesn't help himself in that play, that situation. Unfortunate. Luckily for the Packers, they force a three and out by the 49ers. They get the ball back. And once again, Aaron Rodgers, a little bit of a flounder here. They go 81 yards, but they have to settle for a field goal. So does he choke in the red zone like we see time and time again? Let's watch this drive here starting at 11.56.
11.56 left in the third quarter. Let's watch this Aaron Rodgers drive. All righty, here we go. Starting at his own 11-yard line. Pass there for about two yards. Second and eight. Here we go. Dropping back to pass. Going over the middle deep again, and that's Greg Jennings, man, again. And that's what Aaron Rodgers loves, kind of those seams right at the kind of, you know, hash markers on the middle of the field. He loves to strike it down the middle. Probably the best throws he's ever ma he makes. I mean, those are consistently great strikes. Now they're at the 43-yard uh, line. Going deep again, potentially. Check down. And it picks up about eight yards. Nine yards officially. Second and one, just over midfield. Aaron Rodgers, a quick little quick little out route to Jordy Nelson for the first down. Hand off the ball now. Running game is great. Running game is great. Gets him all the way down to the 20-yard line. And once again, some of this run game is set up by Aaron Rodgers. You know, strikes over the middle, quick quick strikes. So we're still giving Aaron Rodgers credit for these big runs. We still give him some credit. All right, they're back to the running game. Picks up about five, four officially. Now officially in the red zone. Let's see if Aaron Rodgers can get it done here. This is usually where we see some floundering. All right, escaping the pressure. Just has to throw it away, bringing up third and six. Here we go. Third and six from the 18-yard line of the 49ers. Can he pick up the first down? Can he? Does he target the end zone? Let's see where he goes with the ball here. Oh, is that going to be a false start on the offense, making it even harder? What do they call? Ooh, false start on the offense. Now third and 11 from the 23-yard line now, making it even harder for Aaron Rodgers. Here we go. Third and 11, Aaron Rodgers. Dumps it off to Randall Cobb. Oh, he just gets a little short. Potential fumble as well, but somehow the Packers come up with that again. Woof. He was also down maybe too. Either way, they recover the ball. Um, so it doesn't really matter. But uh, that's why they have to settle for the field goal. And it's good. Alrighty, so they have to settle for the three there. Aaron Rodgers throwing it about eight yards short of the first down. I mean, you got to know where the first, well, not eight yards, probably five yards short of the first down there. Um, and then uh, the 49ers go down and score a touchdown, and what do they do? Backs against the wall. They go six and out, folks. They're down 31-24, to a full touchdown now. We'll probably leave it at this drive. Why could they not get it done? Because then the game's over at this point. After this next six and out by the Packers, the 49ers go and score another touchdown, and then Aaron Rodgers once again flounders again, going eight and out, not scoring any points. And now, you know, we're in, uh, what do we got? We get the clock all the way down to three minutes. Oh, my God. Holy yo. Wow. The 49ers went on a seven-minute drive, bringing the clock all the way down to three minutes while scoring a touchdown, putting the game out of reach. So we get two big flounder drives here by Aaron Rodgers. 
We get a pass and complete, pass and complete, a 17-yard run. Um, Aaron Rodgers scrambles for 17 yards to pick up the first down. Then we get a three-yard pass, a one-yard pass, and a pass and complete. Let's watch this third and six here and see if it's Aaron Rodgers' fault or not on why this drive stalled. So we got to queue it up at 5:12 in the third quarter. I mean, you need points. It's a full touchdown down now. Here we go, third and six. Aaron Rodgers dropping back to pass, throwing it in triple coverage over the middle of the field. They're not going to let you have that all game long. Yeah, you may get it once or twice, but you're not going to get it for these big moments here. Aaron Rodgers tries to squeeze it in. And that's a tight, that's tight, man. Let's see if we get a replay. Did the receiver have clean hands on this? Seems like it may have gotten tipped. I mean, this is real tight coverage here. Here we go. Maybe we'll be able to get a better angle here, a better look. We got to slow this one down as well. Going just once again over the middle of the field. The linebacker comes over, closes out quickly. And it's a great just defensive play to break it up at the last second. Very well done. But Aaron Rodgers, I mean, could have made you know, a better throw. You know, that wasn't really open. Didn't really see that other linebacker sliding over. And now let's see why this other drive, this is a true kind of game killer right here because now they're down 14, two touchdowns. You need a score. And what do they do? They flounder. We get a pass incomplete on third and five, and then they punt the ball. So let's watch this pass incomplete here by Aaron Rodgers. 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter, down 14. You need to score. I do not care how you do it. Aaron Rodgers, you're so great. You need to pick this up. You need to complete this pass. You need to do whatever it takes to complete this pass if you're so good at football. Football, if you you're so much better than everybody else so here we go third and four dropping back to pass going deep oh my god and it's off the fingertips of Greg Jennings wow 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 had him now was this a tad overthrow or was this just a complete drop here we go Oh, man, that's just a complete draw. Just, just overthrow. Just a tad, like a hair, a fraction. And we're not even going to knock Aaron Rodgers that much on that overthrow. But it is still a little bit, a little bit of an overthrow. Tad overthrown. So, overall... What do we judge Aaron Rodgers' performance? We're going to kind of call it 50-50 here. We'll give him 50 out of 100 credit points. Should we give him 50? Is that a lot? The interception, the bailout of the fumble, um, the bailout of the defense of, you know, having the pick sixes, but then the defense just kind of getting absolutely trashed in this game. I mean, the 49ers uh, put up 45 points in total. But Aaron Rodgers not getting it done after halftime, not getting it done in key situations here. And I know some drops as well we saw, but the overthrows, the underthrows, we saw that. The overthrow here to Greg Jennings here that really just kind of put the game away. And Aaron Rodgers not kind of stepping up and being that elite quarterback that he thinks he is, folks. We're not saying, once again, we're not saying that he's trash at football. He's still very great at the game. But him having this big ego, putting the blame on everybody else, it's way uncalled for. Especially since this is why this is why we're going back. He wants to judge and critique everybody else fine-tunedly. We're going to do the same thing to you. You are some of the problem here as well. It's not all just the defense and the play calling and the coaching you have some responsibility as well so I'm gonna give him 50 out of 100 credit points maybe knock it down I'm gonna 
defense gave up 45 points. I mean, so we will say 40, 50 out of 100 credit points in this playoff game. So we'll be back uh, tomorrow. We no, we are taking tomorrow off. We probably won't have a show tomorrow. We may. It may be very short. We'll uh, we'll keep you guys updated. But the next playoff game we got to go to is 2013. Now, once again, against the 49ers, losing again. So we'll judge his performance, critique it. Does he deserve credit? A lot of credit, no credit, any credit at all. So that's what we've got tomorrow on the show. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. And we are back tomorrow, folks.